Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to an Atlanta Soccer Tonight special. I'm Jason Longshore getting ready for a trip to the Big Apple. New York City FC is the opponent this weekend. And when we talk NYC, we have to catch up with friend of the network, Glenn Crooks. How are you, Glenn? Wonderful, Jason. I'm wondering, uh, are you when you arrive, are you going to go down on the pitch at Yankee Stadium and step off the 18-yard box and, and the width of the field? Oh, here I'm we just... go. <laughs> I feel like I need to bring a tape measure because I don't know if the ones that they use are accurate. I kind of wonder this all the time. Is it actually 70 yards? Well, yeah, maybe you haven't heard this before, but now, now you know I'm a coach, and I have stepped off soccer fields for <laughs> close to 50 years. So it's I've stepped it off. I haven't gotten out there with a tape measure. It is 70 yards wide. Okay. The penalty box is regulation, which is 44 <laughs> long and 18. Everybody Have there been questions about the, about the box. penalty box? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? I didn't oh, know sure. that one. That's, that's where a majority of the questions come in because huh. you have those hash marks, yeah. which, which you'll see, which indicate uh, 11 yards from the corner and then two yeah. more strides and you're at the edge of the box. That's 13. So 13 plus 13 is 26 plus 44 is 70. So it's uh, it's 70 wide. No matter how anybody wants to bring your tape measure, bring whatever, it's going to come out to be 70, but that's. <laughs> Any which way, it's a little more narrow than Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So yeah. in Atlanta United setup, it will be a little bit different, but NYC's used to it and they are very good at home and they historically have been. And that's not purely because of the size of the pitch. It's because this has always been a quality side. How is 2023 gone for NYC? I think it's gone okay, and I, I want to add on to the, the home Yankee Stadium advantage. At, as you know, New York City has had several home That's turfs, true. but at Yankee Stadium, uh, the overall record is 65 wins, 17 losses, 26 draws, but seven losses in that opening year, 2015, under Jason Christ. And if you go since 2018, since 2018, they've never lost more than one game at home. And the overall is 41, 5, and 13. So it's just five losses in 59 matches since 2018. That's the regular season. So that that's a pretty formidable record. And part of it is the quality, no question about it. And I think it, there, there's a massive part about Yankee Stadium. I, Nick Cushing, and, and then I'll end it, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the measurement side of it. But Nick <laughs> Cushing told a funny story. In their office, they have a monitor which – 
just shows the field in, in the pregame while they're sitting there, you know, making their final adjustments or whatever. And he said, inevitably, and I see this all the time, I've taken video and posted it of the <laughs> opponent coaches or someone out or players, whatever, stepping out the field, step, making sure that everything is, uh, is cool. I'll never forget Jersey boy, Peter Vermees saying it's 67 wide, but anyway, <laughs> it is different. And yes, it's much different than Mercedes. It's narrower. It's grass. There's sod laid down in the shortstop second base area. So it's much different. How has the, the condition been this year with it being so early in the baseball season? Yeah, I, before the Yan- and the same was last year too. Before the Yankees start playing, uh, it's generally very good. Yeah, and then if the Yankees stop and New York City's still playing and they're in the playoffs, it gets you know very good again. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of getting this really heavy turf that um, they can lay down, and it takes within 24 hours actually, and then it's really solid after 48. But they have a 72-hour rule. They can't have a Yankee game or a New York City game starting or ending, you know, within that uh, 72-hour period. So, uh, and there have been times where it's a little slipperier or it, it just doesn't take as well. That's That has been inevitable at times. What are your storylines in 2023 for this side? Uh, you feel like they're meeting expectations so far? I think so, considering the departures. And I, the, the storylines are, are multiple. I mean, the the return of James Sands and Santi Rodriguez, it didn't seem like Rodriguez was in the mix at all. Then David Lee, the sporting director, makes his second trip to Uruguay after the first one failed. And then they come back with a five-year contract, designated player contract. We'll we'll understand the the terms of that when the uh, Players Association puts out their salary guide in May. And uh, I, I think uh, Santi Rodriguez was in a pretty good position because New York City uh, did not expect Maxi Morales to leave. That was a bit really? of a shocker okay. for them. They were hoping he'd come back for one more year, run the midfield. He and Santi had become, they'd had a really good relationship, even though Santi Rodriguez is playing left wing at times. It's really, he's always in the center part of the pitch. And he and Maxi were really developing a nice relationship. So, uh, with the Rodriguez gone, they really felt Mar- Morales would have been back to run the midfield one more year. So uh, I think that necessitated the uh, the return trip for sure and, and to work this thing out. And then James Sands back, I'm, that's massive because of the, the way Nick Cushing wants to play, uh, the six, the holding midfielder, is one of the more critical parts of that equation, the quarterback. And that's the way he wants James Sands to play it. Uh, he uh, and, and his entrance, you could see it right away. It just made such a big difference. And and the only poor game since his arrival was when Sands had to play in the back because Maxime Cheneau was away on international duty. So I, I think uh, I think they're in good shape. And now everybody's squawking about the number nine, the striker. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, a young guy, 21-year-old Gabe Siegel. It's pronounced Siegel, as he told me at the hotel, like the bird because everybody wants to go Seagal because we've all seen the Steven Seagal movies, right. so, but it's Seagal. So when you are, when you, I, I have a feeling he'll be the, the nine again uh, for, for the match against Atlanta. So when you come in, make sure you pronounce his name correctly. I will be ready for that. I will practice this week. And then um, you can help me your, with your strikers pronunciation. So I get that it's, correct. Your Gos Yakimakis, <laughs> it's not that hard. And he told everybody before the season that you would get a lot of practice saying his name. Yakimakis. Uh, it's, there you go. What's the it's first very, name again? 
Yorgos. Ha- Yorgos. Okay, that's that is that's not too bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. It, it's it's a little intimidating the way it looks, but he said you'd get a lot of practice saying his name, and he's <laughs> been correct so far. How has the back line for NYC been so far this year? It's been pretty good. Brian Kufre, uh, the newcomer, and he it took him a while to to integrate, but he's been solid on both sides of the ball, and he's becoming a little bit more prevalent on the attack too, which is what they want. On the right side, Tavon Gray, when he's been healthy, He's probably one of the best defending fullbacks in the league. Yeah. Tiago Martins is really solid in the middle. It, he's a designated player, but you, he's someone you can almost always count on. And then the the one area that uh, with Maxime Cheneau playing left central defense, he's not particularly comfortable on that side of the field. He's still fantastic clearing the ball. Uh, he's, he's very good at anticipating and, and winning something that's in front of him. But... He, he is uh, not uh, comfortable clearing the ball from that side. You'll see him oftentimes use the outside of his right foot to clear something that a left footer would just sweep away right. with the left. And that's caused some problems at times. And uh, that is one position that I'm sh- I feel fairly certain that prior to April the 24th, which is the transfer deadline, New York City will have a left central back, a new left central back in the uh, in the in the in the mold so that's been where it's been a little tricky for new york city and, and then the, you got a new keeper that's Luis what i was Peraza. gonna ask you yes goalkeeper how's that going so far i i like Luis, and i he hasn't he hasn't really done anything he's had two instances where distribution led to near disasters but new york city avoided the goals against in both situations because the giveaways were so close to goal but outside of that his distribution has been good his decisions have been good he made three huge saves against nashville in the opener lost two nil but he he came up big and the two goals against uh, he could do nothing about Uh, he's been he's been fine that hasn't been an issue and he is the clear number one now although matt freeze has been really impressing people the number two that they got from philadelphia And it's Cushing described it as a, a battle for the number one spot. Luis Barraza has won it for now. And I think that's mostly because he's been in the program for a while. Yeah, I thought Freeze would come in and just take that shirt. But it's a credit to Barraza and, and his time in the program to, to earn it for now. That was the narrative on some. But that was never the case, like ever. Yeah. But and, and then some people, well, why spend 800K on uh you know, on a backup keeper that then those anybody that puts that out there has never coached the game before because you have, if you're going to be a championship team, you have to have two quality keepers for if the one goes down, then the other could step in and you don't lose anything. And that's, uh, that'll be the case when freeze gets his chance and he will, he'll get his chance somewhere along the line here. So, Last time out in New England, uh, conceded the first goal, but got one back. I'm out of there with a point. Is that a good point? Is that a point that maybe there was a little more on the table, in your opinion? Uh, it's a good point. Uh, and they certainly could have come away with something uh, as well. But Bruce Arena would contest that the disallowed goal uh, probably should have made it three points in the pocket of new England. So I, I put a bunch out there on it. We, we had a major discussion about it. I think it's an interesting overrule on the, uh, Gustavo bow offside position, 
uh, in the sight line of Luis Barraza and therefore determined that uh, that was an offside and uh, disallowed goal off the, uh, it was an own goal off of uh, Ilinich's head on the, on the service from Barrero. By the way, I think the difference in the game was that Barrero only played 45 minutes coming back from international duty. I don't know how much you've seen that guy or I anybody in yet. your I audience. Seen much yet. Go on. If you've got your Apple TV, go on and watch this kid play the Colombian. He was on international duty. And then, uh, so that's why he didn't start. He is just, you know, and they, and they brought him in to uh, sort of replace Tejan Buchanan, but they're not the same. They're not the same player. Buchanan was just so dynamic and, you know, but he's got talent like Buchanan, but it's more South American talent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but if you just watch how he got the service off for the own goal, which was disallowed, you just get an idea of the quality he has. So as you're getting caught up on, on Atlanta and preparing for this week, what are the things that concern you a little bit from an NYC perspective? And what are the things that you think NYC can take advantage of in this matchup? I think the and I need to watch a little bit more uh, of Atlanta to give a, a, a real thorough answer to that. But the uh, ability to break down an organized group at the back has been an issue up to this point for New York City FC. Everybody's talking about the lack of a striker. Tylus Magno has played the nine for every game, but the last game where um, Siegel uh, started as the nine, and then Magno was in his more comfortable position on the left. So how your right side of defense defends, with Kufre now joining the attack a little bit more frequently, and we've seen some quality service from him, I think that left side of the attack versus the right side of the Atlanta defense is, is something to uh, is something that um, to focus on. And uh, in the midfield, I'm, you know, with Keaton Parks and James Sands back together again, they're uh, really enjoying their partnership. And I, you know, I can't think that there are too many midfields better than New York City's. And then they've got Santi Rodriguez in front of them. Um, but as always, and I think he's he's shown this too, Araujo um, has been a bit of a thorn. New York City has not particularly contained, and whether he's gotten the points or not in a game, right. uh, he's a guy. And uh, and again, that's now on uh, the left side of New York's defense, where you've got Maxime Chino in the less than comfortable spot. So I think how James Sands deals with him, you know, and in in, in coverage is going to be important for New York City too. Yeah, that side gets really interesting with Atlanta, with Brooks Lennon as the right fullback with Luis Adarujo in front of him. And they both want to go and they're going to be high up the field a lot. But NYC wants to attack down that side as well. And then you have the issue with Cheneau. And on the Atlanta side, you're going to be asking Miles Robinson to come over and cover a lot in that area, along with Franco Ibarra. So that side of the field could be what determines this match. It's pretty interesting that there's there's some great matchups in this game, so it's it's certainly to look out for. What I was impressed with New York City in this last match against New England in particular is that they limited New England to just 11 crosses the entire match. Now, New England is in the 20s yeah. every match because they rely on Brandon By, their fullback on the right, and Dewan Jones, their fullback on the left, who each had seven assists last year. Each of them had seven assists to tie a club record for defenders. And uh, they're normally just pouring the ball in. And then Gustavo Bo is wonderful in the area. 
I wonder if that isn't going to be something that's critical too. Uh, now that you've got Jacomakis, who is so good in the box. And by the way, I was I I have many many uh, friends who are Celtic supporters, including one who's a very high level coach. And I asked about him when when I saw the release come across, and he said, "Oh, this guy's this guy's for real, man. He's going to yeah. tear up MLS." So I'm looking forward to seeing him. That's yeah, sure. he's he's a, he's a monster. He is he, he's just got that hunger that we see in some guys where. You know, they're going to stick around after training and take more shots. They're going to have guys put in crosses. They're just going to put in that work. And and Yakimakis has been there. He's got a huge presence. And he's going to be a handful for the center backs for NYC. Yeah, no question. The other thing to look for, uh, if New York City FC has not had a direct free kick goal since Goody Terrarinson in the 2021 season, very late, which turned the season around for New York City. It was a 90th-minute goal and 1-1 over Guzan. And uh, New York City hasn't had one since. That came up yesterday when uh, on the New York City FC2 uh, team, uh, Jonathan uh, Dennis, who's a free-kick specialist, scored a wonderful goal. Check it out. It's it's pretty I saw that, uh, yeah. against New England, too. And uh, and then it just brought up, oh, goody, was the last one. And that was against Atlanta. So Atlanta's the opponent. So I thought I'd just throw that in there. Atlanta's been pretty good on those direct free kicks this season with uh, one Tiago Almada. So maybe oh, Atlanta yeah. will have the advantage in that area in this, in this match. No, just, and that would be the other key. Do not foul close to goal, <laughs> close enough to in the, in the shooting distance. I mean, that's, that's for certain. Yeah, that one, um, I, I forget which game it was, but that one he curled around the wall and, Oh, the Portland game from Portland. about 32 oh. yards out at least. Unbelievable. Just a rocket. I mean, it was fun uh, watching him play this year. Yeah, and uh, look, and I, I get special pleasure being at the stadium because I like watching these players on the big pitch and being able to see it, and uh, and he's one of them. You know, he's one of them, and uh, I think, uh, you know, Santi Rodriguez is another. I mean, you, I you, totally you, agree. you find him on the left, you find him on the right, he's in the middle. I mean, he really uh, understands the game, and right now they are working on his uh, – he's a DP, and he needs to be a leader, and he gets very silly yellow cards. He gets frustrated pretty uh, easily, and – uh, he he needs to stop it, and it's much like Tati Castellanos and yeah. Ronnie Dyla, the previous coach. He he put he put a halt to that for the most part. Castellanos was still committing those hard fouls, but he wasn't getting uh, foolish yellow card. You know, Santi Rodriguez gets a card for you know arguing. You just I'm telling, and there's something about being a designated player. You're you're automatically in a leadership role when you get when you uh, you attain that status. You have to act like it. And right now he's, um, you know, he's just he's got it. and they're talking to him about it. You know, Nick said absolutely uh, discussing it with him. But man, oh, man, he's another one that's uh, fun to watch. Yeah, just an incredible talent. Uh, I want to end with this. You mentioned Ronnie Dyla and Nick Cushing. What is the biggest difference you've seen since Cushing took over from Dyla? Well, I happen to know that uh, and this is something that's not uh, something you would see outwardly. Ronnie Dyla was one of those coaches with, with the team where if uh, a meeting started at two o'clock, let's say, you know, he'd be outside the meeting room, uh, you know, and the players would be wandering in and he would just wait for all the players to get there and start the meeting. It might be two Oh three. Right. Nick Cushing. If you're, if you're late, you get fined. 
and he said Nick's got a, a like a pile, and it's cash. You pay in cash, and he said he's got like a pile of cash on his desk because the transition from Ronnie Dyla to Nick Cushing, the players, you know, took some liberties at first, and I think now they've learned. And he said, uh, you know, they've got enough money now, probably to throw a little shindig at some point during the year, and uh, that's that's how they'll use it. But I think you know that kind of discipline, you know, and. <laughs> It worked with Ronnie Dyla. They won MLS Cup, you know? you know. So there's, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, when when he told the story, I was like, gosh, yeah. To me, it's I, I was always taught, uh, if you're on time, you're late. So <laughs> my players, when I coach them, they're they're at least five minutes early to every meeting because they know that. And if they're late, I just send them back to their dorm room or if their club, I send them back home. If their parents aren't there to pick them up, they can just stand outside the door. Whatever it is, if you're on time, you're late. So the fact that Ronnie Dyler was kind of loose with that is, uh, I think, is pretty interesting. You never know how these things go. Atlanta kind of went through that a little bit with the transition from Tata Martino to Frank DeBoer. Very different personalities, even if yeah. on the field there were more similarities than people might might look at. Off the field, there were some big differences. And sometimes that works in a positive because you have to have that constant change to keep a group fresh. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, and every as long as you're consistent in what you're doing, exactly. You know, like, like if Dial all of a sudden woke up one morning and then started finding players for, for showing right, up late, that doesn't be, work. Hey, wait a minute, man! <laughs> Later, he came in late last meeting. You know, and uh, that's it's. I think coaches have to be consistent um, with whatever they decide to, or however they decide to run their program. And I think, um, um, and you have to make it fun for the players. Exactly. There has to. It's it, you have to. You have to. There has to be a degree of fun. And I, from what I can gather, uh, there was very little fun when Heinze was at, at Atlanta. You know, there was just not a lot of fun. That's what you we might, hear. Yeah. You might say the same. I, I, so I'm a Dome Toron fan, but you might yeah, say that, that there, was, there was some issues with having fun under Dome. Although I don't believe that. But um, uh, And by fun, I mean, you know, it's just like I, I – it doesn't, you don't have, it's not a hilarity. It's not like, ah, yeah. you know, jokes. And it's just really having fun with what you're doing. And, and I think not every coaching personality can do that. Right. You know, not everybody's got a good sense of humor. And, uh, and if you don't have a good sense of humor, you might as well keep it in your back pocket. And then you got to figure out a way to ha express the fun in, in some other way. Maybe it's an assistant, you know? Yeah. Who knows? It's not like you have to dress up in a clown suit. It's, but you, <laughs> but players, you know, human beings need to have fun. I mean, yeah. if I go to work in, in another occupation, we should have fun, mm -hmm. right? It, it's essential. I mean, it, it helps you enjoy the work that you're putting in. I mean, the, the work is, is going to underpin all of it. But, yeah, I mean, it, one of the, the fun things watching training for me is the rondos before the, the session really, really gets going. And you'll see the trash talking a little bit. You'll see guys jumping in and, it kind of sets this really nice tone for the day's work. And, and I think you get Absolutely. better work out of the group when that happens. How about what Tata Martino did when he was there? And I just happened to see this because I came in early mm -hmm. uh, to see the new training facility. It was a couple of years ago, obviously. And the day before the game, he put the entire team on a, on a smaller pitch. I think they were yeah. still playing 11 aside, but it was a smaller pitch. And he let the, I think he might've named a captain for each team and th they could yeah. play anywhere. Right. You know, yep. and uh, so I remember a, a central defender scoring a goal as the striker and everybody celebrated. 
and it was just a you know, was, you could just see that the players were just enjoying themselves. They were competing, and they only yes. did it for like twenty minutes. Yeah, it was very and short, it, but you yeah. know. And then, uh, but and then I learned later that's Tata Martino's done that wherever he's been. You know, day before the game, he he lets them, uh, you know, do whatever they want. In, in essence, in that in that little game. Yeah, that's as long that's as they as long as they compete. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, it's you have to coach to your personality, and, and I think some guys do that better than others. It sounds like Cushing is doing a very good job of that with NYC. Yeah, and I think he's got a real. He, he is. Look, all these guys love talking football. I mean, there's all of them. I know, but Nick is. He's on a different level of. He just wants to constantly look at things, review things, talk about things, get your opinion. I mean, you know, he asked me after almost every game, what'd you think? You know, and if we're on the road, we're we're at the hotel after the game talking about the game, you know, a lot of which I can't transmit. Right. But that's okay. But that's okay. And it's uh and then with players, he's the same way though. Like he, you know, he um he really loves Gabe Siegel because Siegel's really, you know, into the game, you know, and and likes, you know, looking at video and and you know, comes Kevin O'Toole, the the Princeton kid who yeah. really surprised and played the last six matches, including the playoff game, um, the playoff three playoff games last year. Last here's a guy who didn't play a second, and then comes in, he's played in the last six games. But Cushing loves this kid because he's just such a, a like a student of the game, and you know. But they talk about it, they joke about, you know. It's uh, so he's a he's he's um interesting that way. I mean, he's just uh. It's it's all but plus he's but he's got two kids playing across the street at world class across the street of where they train at the world class yeah. soccer club, so he's monitoring them. You know he's got to go see them. You know so he's he's a good family guy too. And his nine year old he said is a huge Yankees fan. He's more of a baseball fan than soccer. So uh, so now I've got to send Yankee articles. You know to make sure that the, they're up to speed on everything. <laughs> nice. How about that shot by? Giancarlo Stanton yesterday, huh? Uh, I'm not up on my baseball right Saturday. now. Sorry. He hit one 480 feet at Yankee Stadium. Jeez, it was no one. No one has ever seen this before. Uh, where he where he hit? I think Aaron Judge is the only one that's hit one longer at the stadium. So that's uh, that's about it. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Braves. I really don't follow the Yankees as closely as I used to, but uh, but I do get to walk into Yankee Stadium. This weekend, and yep. Jason will be there. We get and to walk in, too. And for those of you at home who are going to be watching this on MLS Season Pass, you won't be able to click over and hear Mike and I this week. If you want to hear the home team radio, and you should check it out, uh, you'll be with Maddie Lawrence, right? I will be with Maddie Lawrence, and we know your team very well, and you and I will talk again before the game. The idea is that um, – I, and I – you know, everybody comes across differently. I, I really think we come across as a as a clean team, meaning we, we aren't homers. We want New York <laughs> City to win. We want New York City to win because the, the more games at the end of the year, you know, we get paid per diem. I don't know about yourself, but the more games that are played, you know, the more, the more games we get. But we also we're close to the team. But I you know, we're you should Maddie Lawrence, man, he doesn't hold back if it's not going well. But he also provides solutions. So I, I like our broadcast because of that. I mean, we're, um, you know, certainly we are more intimate with the New York City, but we'll know Atlanta very well. Hey, and, and anybody listening, Pablo Mar uh, in The Athletic wrote a little piece about um, yeah. the, the, the radio side of things on Apple. I wrote something up, but I appreciate it. I think you shared it uh, yeah. for me. I wrote up a little story. So if you go at Glenn Crooks and, you know, kind of 
find it. It's uh, or glencrooksoccer.com. I got a website. I'm, I'm not trying to promote it other no, than you should go on, you. go on there and read um, my radio piece because I think it's um, to this point anyway, it hasn't been promoted to the level uh, I think necessary because the biggest cry from supporters around the country is that they lost their local TV guys, mm-hmm. you know, that they lost their guys or gals, guys and gals. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, you know, even though we've Jason and I have been there from the start, even though that's the case and we've always been there now uh, is the opportunity to, um, to, to get the, the hometown feel and, you know, hopefully one day they'll have it sorted out. So it's home and road. Hopefully they'll have it sorted out. So it's also Spanish. Yep. So um, those, uh, hopefully they'll have it sorted out so that when you watch the replay, you can hear the drop down because that's currently not the case either, Jason, which that's oh, that's a tough so one. They've got to figure that one out first true. in my mind. You know why? Because yeah, I don't know about you can't watch any other games because they're all being played at the same time. So you have to you have to watch right. them back on replay. But now you can't. We've had one that. week where I could kind of experience as a fan the league uh, when we played Charlotte at noon. So yeah, I had a chance to watch 360 and bounce around the league, and that was fun. But that's it. Yep. And I watched your game at noon, uh, be, and that's the only one I've seen live. Absolutely. So uh, no, interesting stuff. But uh, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's well worth it, and the quality. You know, uh, from what I've heard, I you know the quality is very good. You know, the audio quality and and the sync. The biggest thing is the sync. Yeah. And it's if it's not exact, it's just maybe slightly off. So that's pretty good too. Yeah, it's been really good. And I know a lot of NYC fans have loved being able to hear you guys. Atlanta fans have listened to us. They'll get us on the road eventually. You know, we're two yeah. of the teams that travel. So right. uh, I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And then we keep moving. But uh, thanks for taking some time for me early in the week. We're going to talk more and we will see you at Yankee Stadium on Saturday. All right, Jason. Thanks. Good luck. Have a safe trip here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 